Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to a bonus episode of the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. You might remember that in the first season, in the very first episodes of How They Love Mary, each one began with the trending Marian topics and tweets of the week where I kind of brought together all the different articles that were being written about Mary, all the different tweets that people had about Mary, and just sharing and providing a little bit of commentary. In this fourth season, especially now during this quarantine life that we have of coronavirus, I find myself with a bit more time, and I always wanted to return to the bonus episodes. I took it out of the initial interview just to make them a little shorter, Um, the interviews that is. So uh, I'm happy to be resurrecting the bonus episodes of Trending Marian Tweets and Topics. I'd like to begin by highlighting a few articles that Althea has put out this past uh, week. Some of them are relatively recent articles, while others are ones that they've tweeted out uh, most recently, kind of to renew interest because something is pertinent uh, about that. The very first one I'd like to mention is an article that they had about the Hail Mary. Did you know that the second part of the Hail Mary, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death, was added during the Black Plague? So they highlighted that and really making the connection that during this time of coronavirus, how appropriate it is for us to continue to pray the Hail Mary, asking Mary to pray for us now in this moment and at the hour of our death. We know that so many people, because of the coronavirus, approach their hour of death, and we ask Mary's prayers to be with them today. There was also another article by Kathleen Hattrop that she referenced the Regina Chaley. Of course, throughout the year, we pray the Angelus, recalling the incarnation of Jesus, that announcement of the angel. But during the Easter season, we pray a prayer called the Regina Chaley, a prayer in which we recall the announcement of Easter and Mary's joy. Rejoice, O Queen of Heaven, for he whom you merited to bear has risen as he said. Kathleen points out in her article on Althea that the prayer Regina Chaley dates to the 6th century with Pope Gregory the Great, who had a vision and heard angels singing that chant, Regina Chaley, Leitare. The vision occurred during a time of plague and pestilence. And so it began to become a prayer that was prayed that brought an end to the plague. As we find ourselves in the Easter season and again in this time of coronavirus, I think praying the Regina Chaley is a fitting and appropriate prayer for us in this time. Two articles that Althea shared that were from their archives, but also pertinent recently. One of them was about five flowers connected to Mary, in which Philip Kozlowski explains that the lily and the rose, the iris, and a few others are flowers related to the Blessed Mother. Maybe during this time, as spring approaches, you are outside planting a garden. Maybe you want to plant a Mary garden, which is a tradition, a custom that people have done. This article will help you to understand how certain flowers relate to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Another article that they shared was Pope Pius XII, who witnessed the sun miracle, that he wrote a little note to someone saying that he was there in Fatima on the day of the miracle of the sun. Fatima, this 1917 apparition of Our Lady, has been in the news recently because a Catholic archbishop has made some statements about the third secret of Fatima. 
Today, I'm happy to speak with Kevin Simmons, who will share a little bit with us about the Third Secret of Fatima, helping us to understand what the controversy exactly is. The Third Secret of Fatima was probably the most mysterious aspect or most mysterious part of the Secret of Fatima overall, because it remained hidden and under lock and key, essentially, for so many decades, and a lot of speculation arose about it, so that by the time it was published by the Holy See in the year 2000, a lot of people couldn't understand or accept what the Vatican uh, had, had said about the third part of the secret, and they thought that there was more to it. And for many years now, different pieces of evidence have come out uh, to suggest that there is more. Uh, and so there's a lot of back and forth and debate that is presently taking place, and it appears as though Archbishop Vigano has sided with those who believe that the third part of the secret remains hidden. So what he really believes then is that the third part of the secret wasn't revealed, so that what was revealed in 2000 was a partial revelation, or was it not the real third secret, and there's a different third secret out there? The third part of the message that Our Lady entrusted to the shepherd children of Fatima to deliver to the Holy Father remains secret to this day. That's what he said. Uh, and then later on he talks about how Cardinal Sedano, who was then the Secretary of State in the year 2000 under Pope St. John Paul II, Vigano uh, says... Sedano presented his version after then making this statement about in the year 2000 during the pontificate of John Paul II that from some elements appeared clearly incomplete. And so that's his interpretation of things, but uh, this is another place where where uh, Vigano is mistaken. On the third part of the secret of Fatima, now, was, Sister Lucia was still alive at the time that it was announced? Was, is that correct? Yes, she was, she was just under... Five years from when she was when she dies, but yes, she was still alive at the time. So she herself then confirmed the third secret that what was revealed in the year two thousand was the actual secret. Is that correct too? She was right there when it went sitting and sitting up on the altar when it was announced. So if she had any issue with it, she would have spoken up. So, so it seems that there's a lot to do. Maybe about nothing that, of course, we want to accept and believe quite readily that the third part of the secret of Fatima has been revealed, and uh, we'll continue to stick with that as the true story. Yes, I, I think that it's safe to say that you know, that the, the texts as we have them have been completely revealed, but maybe I think it's safe to say that our understanding of it, uh, there's more work to be done. I believe that's very fair to say. And you have done that with your book, On the Third Secret of Fatima by Kevin Simmons, available from En Route Books. Thank you, Kevin, for sharing your insights about the Third Secret of Fatima. I know that you studied it extensively. In other Marian news, the Italian Bishops' Conference has announced that they will consecrate the country of Italy to the Blessed Virgin Mary in response to the requests of the faithful. They will... Do this at the Basilica of Our Lady of the Fountain near Caravaggio, a town in the Hard Pit province of Bergamo. They will consecrate on May 1st. Speaking of May 1st, that is the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker, and not only will the Italian bishops be consecrating their country to the Blessed Virgin Mary, but the bishops in the United States and Canada will also do likewise. This special prayer of consecration will be led by Archbishop Gomez and the USCCB will put together the liturgical prayer service. Gomez says that this will give the church the occasion to pray for Our Lady's continued protection of the vulnerable, healing of the unwell and wisdom for those who work to cure this terrible virus. In this Easter season, we continue to journey with our risen Lord that among the graces of this time may be healing and strength. 
The U.S. bishops and the bishops of Canada will consecrate their region to Our Lady Mother of the Church, a title that Our Holy Father Pope Francis recently inaugurated a Catholic feast day for on the Monday after the celebration of Pentecost. Mary as Mother of the Church is a title dating back to the pontificate of Pope Paul VI. In other trending Marian tweets, there were a few that I came across this past week on social media. One of them was Bishop Strickland, the Bishop of Tyler, Texas. He says, I renew my call for a Marian blue wave as the world continues to suffer under the coronavirus. If you pray the rosary, please pray it more. If you never pray the rosary, please start. If you don't know what the rosary is, please learn. Pray the rosary as the Blessed Virgin Mary begs. I wholeheartedly agree with Bishop Strickland, and I have said that I think we need to heed that request of Our Lady of Fatima, who said to pray the rosary every day for peace in the world, that not only can we pray the rosary for peace in the world, yes, the threat of war and terrorism and violence, but also peace now, so that this violence of the virus might be stalled, that we might experience peace of life once again, might be eased from worry, that message of Fatima still pertinent to this very day. An individual on Twitter, right now his name is Peter Saw the Tomb. His hashtag is at Peter Nguyen, N-G-U-Y-E-N-N. He says, now that restrictions have eased, it's time to bring back the ranking posts. He posted four statues of the Blessed Mother. He asks people to rank different things, whether it's chalices or, uh, in this case, statues of the Blessed Mother. Thank you, Peter, for sharing the Blessed Mother on so many people's Twitter feeds. Father Mark Handle at FR Markey tweeted this. Hearing about all these countries being consecrated to Our Lady, we should turn to her at our diocesan shrine once again, Our Lady of Penrith. Pray for us. I had no idea who Our Lady of Penrith was, and so I Googled it like any millennial would do. And I came upon the website of the University of Dayton, the International Marian Research Institute, their website all about Mary, and an article written by... K. Warren Morgan. In the article, she details the history of Our Lady of Penrith and that shrine. The legend of Penrith, she says, is lost in obscurity and mystery, but there definitely was great devotion to Our Lady there, and a nearby spring had well become known as miraculous. The shrine dissolved, but there was a record of devotion up until 1842. In 1936, pilgrimages were revived and devotion renewed once again. You've been listening to a bonus episode of the podcast, How They Love Mary. In this podcast, we brought you the trending Marian tweets and topics of the past week. And I hope that as you explore those topics, that they might be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. You can follow me, Father Edward Looney, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the handle at FR Edward Looney. If you like this podcast, please leave a review so others may find it. Until next week, let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.